0: Bomba cloud, shoot up on fire, man. Check it, out, check it out, check it out, check it out, check it out. And happy Thursday, everyone! Happy Thursday. I know for a lot of people, you're already getting ready for your weekend a big weekend actually ahead of us for those of us that live in the united states it's a long weekend uh monday is going to be a day off july 4th and uh, i believe uh those of you in uh, canada just north of the border also going to be celebrating the holiday weekend july 1st canada day and uh yeah so happy long weekend to everyone out there that might be listening right now uh Quick edition right here of Check It Out. Quicker than yesterday, anyways. I'm going to go over some uh, news that dropped. Uh, News that I think is pretty interesting uh, in the last 24 hours in the world of boxing. And look, uh, I haven't really seen a lot of people commentating on this one. I think it's the biggest story of the last 24 hours in boxing. And I'm talking about Terrence Crawford winning round one. All right. He hasn't won the full fight yet, uh, but round one was won by Terrence Crawford. And I'm talking about not his fight <laughs> that we all hope to see uh, with Daryl Spence Jr. I'm talking about his fight with top rank with Bob Aram, his lawsuit that uh, made news, made waves earlier on. It's kind of gone under the radar a little bit, but. Terrence Crawford and this lawsuit, it's back in the headlines. And uh, like I said, a lot of people haven't really been commentating on this, but I think it's a pretty interesting story. So we're going to talk about this. going to talk about Canelo Alvarez's comments as they relate to the young Ryan Garcia. There's other news uh, that's of interest that's dropped in the last 24 hours as well. We've got some fights taking place this weekend. Joe Joyce is in action against Christian Hammer. All right, the AJ and uh, Alexander Usyk press conference took place in London. So there's some news to discuss there as well. But I want to get things started. All right, I want to get things started with this news about Terrence Bud Crawford. And this is courtesy of Boxing Scene, all right, my main source uh, for my boxing news here. And it says, title says, Nevada District Judge rules in favor of Crawford to return top rank lawsuit to state court, all right? Uh, Pretty big, actually. Terrence Crawford, and this is courtesy of Jake Donovan Boxing Scene, Terrence Crawford has pulled ahead on the scorecards in his ongoing legal battle with Top Rank, all right? The unbeaten three-division champion and pound-for-pound entrant scored a minor victory when a Nevada State Court judge granted Crawford's motion to remand his lawsuit against Top Rank back to state court. The ruling was handed down Tuesday in the U.S. District Court, Nevada of, uh, sorry, District of Nevada in Clark County, overturning a previous ruling to remove the complaint to federal court, all right? As previously reported by Boxing Scene, Crawford filed a six-count multi multi-million-dollar complaint against the Nevada headquartered top rank with the eighth judicial district court in Clark County, Nevada, on January the 12th. The case alleges two separate counts of breach of contract, along with one Count each of fraudulent misrepresentation, specifying top ranks failure to deliver him. Errol Spence and the, in the manner in which it was promised negligent misrepresentation, breach of implied covenant of good faith and fair dealing and torturous breach of the implied covenant of good faith as committed by top rank founder, CEO Bob Arum, as well as company president Todd debove Aram's stepson Crawford 38 and 0, 29 KOs, a promotional free agent who currently holds the WBO title, seeks upwards of $10 million in compensation, including specific amounts of $4,500,000 under the first breach of contract claim. Also sought is an alleged unpaid $900,000 bonus as specified in the second breach of contract claim in reference to top ranks alleged failure to deliver a unification bout with Errol Spence, all right? Aaron claimed to have learned of the case when it was leaked to the New York Post who contacted the Hall of Fame promoter seeking comment. The Post's angle was more in reference to repeated claims in a 23-page complaint of racial bias levied against Crawford by top rank, his attorneys Brian Friedman and Hector Carvajal II, extensive allegations of racial bias against Crawford, an African-American boxer, and disparate treatment of black boxers including those very same black boxers that top rank is contractually obligated to promote so look just to break this down um through all of the legal mumbo jumble uh that's there all right uh basically crawford wants this to stay in state court all right and uh He's going to get his day in state court, all right? Uh, the trial is going to be moving ahead, all right? All of those claims earlier on that we all heard earlier in the year, frivolous this, frivolous that. How could Crawford be doing this? He's a disloyal uh, former fighter, all right? Well, what is he talking about? All of this racism stuff. Well, the main tenets of this case were not those related to the racism. Yes, that was an issue with the case, but it wasn't the main tenant of the case. The main tenant of the case were, were what I outlined earlier. All right. Um, effectually he's saying that it was promotional malpractice. All right. And that also he didn't get was he was promised in the contract, which called for a bonus of $900,000. Okay. And also a fight with Errol Spence Jr. And every boxing fan in the world knows that that fight wasn't delivered to him. It wasn't delivered to us as the fans. And Crawford is seeking financial compensation for that. All right. Um, As it says here, Tuesday's ruling suggests that Crawford has the upper hand in this argument. Top Rank Incorporated removed this case to this court before it was served with process U.S. District Court. Judge Andrew P. Gordon noted in his ruling. Plaintiff Terrence Crawford moves to remand the case to state court claiming that removal is barred by the forum defendant rule found in 28 USC, blah, 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 blah. Crawford is correct. So I grant the motion and remand the case. So look, guys, the case is moving forward. All right. You may not like the case. You may not think that it has merits. You may not think that it should go ahead. Uh, You may just want Crawford to move on with things. But the case is moving forward. All right. It's 10-9 Crawford right now. 10-9. All right. Crawford round uh, one, round one. And uh, it looks like this case is going to go ahead. And uh, I I don't really think this has any bearing, to be honest, on whether or not we see a a Crawford Spence fight. This is a battle between Crawford and top rank. All right. I I don't think that it's got ramifications beyond Terrence Crawford working with top rank any further. And quite honestly, it doesn't seem like he wants to work with top rank any further. So, uh, yeah, he's going to get his day in court. Hopefully, hopefully we also get to see him in the ring with arrow spence jr and i gotta be honest with you we got all these fights being announced right canelo's fight is moving forward with triple g aj's fight is moving forward with Usyk. well i'm looking for some news that we're going to be seeing a terrence crawford fight with arrow spence jr that that's a fight i want to see all right and i for one uh Hope that that shit is announced soon. And, um, you know, like I said, this this entire, entire business with Top Rank should not, in principle, have anything to do with whether or not this fight ends up being announced. It, it really shouldn't. So, other news, uh, and this is something that I actually did see uh, people reporting on, all right, is this news that... Apparently, Canelo has blasted Ryan Garcia. I don't know what all you think about this, uh, but he he's blasted Ryan Garcia. He's called Ryan Garcia ungrateful, All right, accomplished nothing, owes Eddie Reynoso money, and uh, that he won't be tank. Well, I said this yesterday. I sat down with Canelo, and uh, the question was asked to Canelo, who's your favorite fighter? And... He honestly didn't take too long to respond. His response was Tank Davis. He likes Tank Davis's style. He likes the way Tank Davis fights. He considers him a smart fighter. Uh, he likes Tank Davis. Uh, quite frankly, I like Tank Davis too. I like all of those things about Tank Davis as well. I just want to see Tank Davis in meaningful fights, right, which is, is something that we haven't quite seen Yet we haven't seen that yet. So, salute to Bruce Goes. All right, salute to Team Batman Boxing. Salute to Pugilism. I see all of you. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Check It Out. So, look, we're checking out this story here. All right, Canelo Alvarez, and let me know what you guys think. By the way, the story too, Canelo Alvarez and Ryan Garcia had a friendly big brother, little brother-like relationship over the last few years. This is courtesy of boxing scene Manuk Akopian reporting. In August 2018, Garcia decided to join Alvarez's camp to train alongside the Mexican star boxer as well as lifelong coach and confident Eddie Reynoso. Garcia developed under the guidance of the group and scored five wins in stoppages. Garcia was co-featured on Alvarez's undercards and the undisputed super middleweight champion even sat ringside to support the the budding boxer. But the cordial relationship and pleasantries all seemed to come to a sudden uh, crash after Garcia separated from Alvarez in the day in February and joined forces with Joe Goose. And months prior to the breakup, Alvarez questioned Garcia's dedication and discipline to the sport while Garcia was dealing with mental issues health issues, and a hand injury. Garcia attributed his departure from Team Canelo due to the fact that Reynoso could not be in 100% committed to training him. He later added that he was tired and fed up with Alvarez's shocking criticism. Bolded and underlined there that quote. Garcia recently reignited Alvarez's ire when he predicted Gennady Golovkin would beat Alvarez when the two meet in their trilogy fight on September 17th on the zone pay-per-view at the T Bomo Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. Yo, I, maybe Ryan Garcia believes that I, I guess he does, because he said it, right? I mean, if you want to take a guy's for his word, but I gotta be honest with you he ain't beating canelo. Triple G is not beating Canelo. I will be very surprised if Triple G be, beats Canelo. But you know what? Maybe Ryan knows something that we don't know having spent all that time there in camp. Who knows? But me sitting here in the Bronx, New York, uh I, I don't see that as as happening. I I, I just don't. Anywho after learning of Garcia's prediction, Alvarez again unloaded a barrage of verbal blows on the upstart lightweight contender. Quote, he's just mad for something. He's no longer in the team. He's always going to be versus us no matter what. But he's a little kid. You need to understand him. He needs to learn a lot of things. My advice to him is to do your job, focus on your career, win a world championship. First, then talk about other people because you've accomplished nothing and you start talking about fighters who've accomplished a lot. When I was 20 years old, I was a world champion. Alvarez told Ak and Barack in an interview on The Zone. Well, I mean, this is the type of stuff I like Ak and Barack uncovering. These has kind got of, these kind of quotes. All right. You can miss me with the clothes shopping stuff, but th- this type of stuff, this, this is a kind of, you know, quotes and 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 content. I, I like to see from them the, the shows, the, the the clothes shopping stuff. Not so much. Not so much. I've never really been a fan of these fashion shows. You know, I mean, you know, and and people going out shopping and you know all of that stuff. But but this 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 is more interesting to me. All right. So aside from the wrath. Actually, I I missed a little bit there. You can call out everybody and say and talk and everything. But at the end of the day, you are doing nothing. It is what it is. We need to understand him now that he's no longer with the Canelo team. He's going to talk mad shit about us. It's fine. Did he really say mad shit? Did Canelo really say that? Anyways. But he needs to remember how much Eddie did for him. A lot of things. He and his father still owe money to Eddie. And Eddie doesn't say anything because he doesn't need it. Yeah, he definitely doesn't need it. I mean, he's getting that, that you know, a, a, probably way more than 30%. 30% is the typical manager's fee. 10% is the typical uh, trainer's fee. I'm not saying he's collecting 40 but he's probably connecting at least uh, 30%. All right. It's not fair that he's talking shit about everything in the camp. He came to my gym and we showed him love and support. He then goes and says anything. He's not grateful. When a person is ungrateful, it's the worst thing. Aside from the wrath, Alvarez still supports his former teammate. I find that interesting. Of course, I will still root for him. Why not? Yeah, I'm not jealous. I just wish him all of the best, Alvarez said. And as we know, Garcia is facing Javier Fortuna on July 16th on the Zone. But the matchup Garcia most desires is a super fight with Javante Tank Davis. Alvarez has admitted several times that David is his favorite boxer to watch, and he's siding with Tank in a potential title against Garcia or tilt, I should say. I don't really think so that Garcia can beat Davis. Not yet, said Alvarez. If he puts his mind to boxing and tries to learn everything, he can do a lot of things. He has a lot of talent. So there you guys go. A little bit of drama there. Um, You know, I I, I think this all started pretty much with the idea that Canelo's going to lose to Triple G and the fact that Ryan Garcia expressed that. I have yet to actually meet somebody that's picking triple G to beat Canelo. Honestly, I don't know guys in the chat. Maybe you could help me out. I don't know if any of you are, but I I'm not predicting that I haven't met anybody that's predicting that, but I guess Brian, Ryan Garcia is predicting it. And, and you know, it, it bothered Canelo a little bit. I mean, he did invest a lot of time in the kids, so you can kind of see him being a little bit, uh, I would say annoyed with that. It's reasonable, I guess, uh, but, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. So other big news uh, that that came out is obviously the news of Mikey Garcia's retirement from the sport. I got to be honest with you. I wasn't surprised by this. And uh, according to Sean Nam from Boxing Scene, his brother also feels that he made the right decision. Uh, I'll tell you why I'm not surprised. He's 34 years old. He just took a L to Sandor Martin, um, arguably the best Spanish boxer in the sport. I mean, you may want to ask Teofimo Lopez about that, but, you know, uh, to me, Sandor Martin is the best Spanish fighter in the sport right now, along with, uh, uh, it's probably him. I, I mean, I don't know if Kiko's still active how, or how active Kiko is. He did take that, that loss recently, but... Uh, I'd say that Sandor Martin is the best Spanish fighter in the sport. Again, Teofimo and his dad may disagree with that, but I digress. Anywho, uh, look, he's 34 years old. He's coming off that loss. He was already fighting at 126, 130, 135, 140 pounds. He finished his career with 40 and two as a record, 30 knockouts, uh, and look, quite frankly, I, I've never really been that impressed with Mikey's performances since he left the 135-pound division, all right? And uh, to quote his his brother, Robert, who now trains AJ and who had that terrific performance in the corner with Bam Rodriguez, to quote him, and this is in a, uh, an interview with Fight Hub TV, that's Marcos Villegas, shout out to Marcos. It's time for him to enjoy his kids, his family, his loved ones. I think he made the right decision. When a fighter doesn't want it, doesn't have the hunger, we're not going to go in there and risk our lives. And, I mean, you got to agree with that, right? And uh, he's earned a lot of money, all right? Uh, He did take that time out of the sport when he left top rank. He then got that huge bag, all right, fighting on the zone. All right, fighting with the PBC. And uh there we go. So uh salute to him. All right. I, I, I wish Mikey all of the success uh that retirement uh, can bring him. Um, and uh salute to him on his career. Uh I, I think he, he had a, a very good career. Uh I, I think it was a mistake to go above 135 pounds personally, um competitively. But from a financial standpoint, that was obviously a move that served him very well and made a lot of sense for him. The um, question is, is he a Hall of Famer? Is Mikey Garcia a Hall of Famer? You know, I'll let, I'll let, uh, I'll let you decide that. You know, I'll let you all decide that. And, uh, yeah, Karma, when I say Spanish, I mean the one thing Spanish is supposed to mean, which is you are from Spain. All right. You got a lot of people out there calling themselves Spanish that, you know, are descendants of people colonized by by the Spanish. But I digress. This is not a political forum. I'm going to keep it to boxing and uh, take over to the next uh, head over to the next uh, piece of news uh, that uh, I feel was was quite interesting here. All right. And the news uh, that also. Struck me as very interesting is this news that Dazone's chief, and I'm talking about Joe Markovsky, seems to be a little bit annoyed by something that I have found to be very entertaining. And that is Eddie Hearn spreading his thoughts, giving his opinion, uh, being unfiltered. When he's giving these interviews and dropping gem after gem after gem. Uh quite frankly, that I find super entertaining. And I think it's one of the reasons that he is by far and away the best promoter in the sport. All right, but apparently that hasn't really been sitting all that well with the head of the zone, the zone being the business, the streaming platform that Essentially, his bankrolled Matchroom's expansion into the U.S. and further globally, right? So again, according to the boxing scene, the zone executive admonishes promoters for quarreling. We don't want our brand associated with that kind of behavior. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know. I got to I, I got to do it. I, I like that behavior. I love that behavior. That is what makes boxing unique. You don't get this in other sports. You don't get this in the NBA. You don't get this in, in the Premier League. You don't get this in La Liga. You don't get this in the Champions League. All right? Managers and, and the power brokers in the sport just going at it in YouTube interviews. I love it. I I. I Call me crazy, but I love it. Uh, apparently, that that's not part of co- corporate culture. I guess, right? So, this, according to Sean Nam, according to Sean Nam, reporting again from boxing scene, a top boxing executive at the Zone wants nothing to do with the often entertaining, if highly trivial, war of words between boxing's top promoters. Very entertaining. Remember Shelly Finkel? I mean, that was very funny to me, the whole Shelly Finkel thing. All right, and, and then this back and forth most recently with LRB has been nonstop entertainment for me. But according to this article, Joe Markovsky, an executive vice president at the subscription streaming service, expressed his dismay with the way certain promoters denigrate each other or uh, each other Repeatedly through the media, including the promoters, exclusively aligned with the platform. So we're talking about Deloria. We're talking about her. Both of which have provided gold. To YouTube. Gold. I mean. It's been the road to El Dorado. As it relates to comedy gold. uh, Watching some of these channels get sound bites from Eddie and from Oscar. But apparently, Markovsky in particular pointed to the behavior of Eddie Hearn of Matchroom Boxing, one of the zone's key content providers. Hearn has had a longstanding and at times vitriolic row with Leonard Ellerby, the CEO of Mayweather Promotion, which promotes boxing star Javanta Davis. Mayweather Promotions does exclusive business with premier boxing champions, a company that Hearn admits he has a poor relationship with and that Ellerby often speaks for. Hearn's spats with Ellerby have repeatedly gone viral in the boxing world. Yeah, I've loved them. I've loved these spats with Ellerby. Although he did not mention him by name, Markovsky also presumably was referring to Oscar De La Hoya, the head of Golden Boy Promotions, which also does important business with The Zone, the lawyer recently had some strong words for Hearn, blaming him, among other things. For Canelo's Alvarez's loss to Dmitry Bivol in their light heavyweight bout in May. Well, I did an interview with Eddie Hearn earlier this week. It's up on the channel. All right, and he actually called out Oscar for, for criticizing him and for saying essentially that he would have just protected Canelo against the likes of Bavall. i I I liked it. I liked the fact that he went out on, you know, I wouldn't even say out on a limb, but that he just expressed his opinion. It's one of the reasons I, and I think can speak for other people have really liked Eddie Hearn's entry into the sport as a global powerhouse in the sport of boxing right i see anton have uh, anton m sh- a salute to you or right, you say hearn's mouth stops fights from happening that's why haney left them okay i think that's debatable it, it, i mean I, i'm sure you can make an argument for that i don't know if that's definitely 100 percent fact because i haven't heard bill haney or devin haney say that but Potentially. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a theory for sure. All right. The back and forth exchanges are not something that Markovsky wants to encourage. Indeed, the executives seem even seemed uh, to suggest that they have taken action against their promoters who have spoken out too forcefully against rival indice power brokers. Markovsky believes That internecine squabbling only alienates other competitors with whom the zone may want to work with on big fights down the line. What we don't want is, and you've never seen us do this, get into a back and forth with other promoters, dismissing them, dismissing the prospect of working together, Markovsky told BoxingScene.com at a press conference Monday, In Manhattan for Canelo Alvarez, Gennady Golovkin three. I was there. I saw Joe. Markovsky expressed concern that verbal tiffs between Hearn and other rival promoters would only hurt the zone brand. The zone and Eddie Hearn's matchroom entered a significant rights deal in 2018 with the U.S. market as a focal point. Last year, the two parties signed a new deal to focus on the U.K. market. We don't want our promoters to do that. Engage in quarrels, which they do. Markovsky continued. Our promoters do that. Eddie does it. We slap them on the wrist. We don't want our band associated with that kind of behavior because we don't think it's conductive to doing our job properly. <clears throat> Stop it. Eddie's doing his job. Eddie is creating content out there on YouTube and the fact that he's speaking about fights I think is a good thing the fact that he's out there you know providing engaging material for people to watch I think is a good thing so salute to Eddie Hearn and uh hopefully what what Joe is actually doing here is just essentially covering his ass and uh, for the corporate brass that probably doesn't like this, all right, uh, but that, you know, he's just going to continue giving Eddie these slaps on the wrist, quote-unquote. Right, because I, for one, want want Eddie to continue doing his thing. Uh, I, I, for one, find him very entertaining. And I'll be honest with you, uh, my wife, who, who follows boxing really only because of me and only does it on a very superficial level, actually even enjoys watching eddie hearn as well because it's entertaining and it gets you interested in the fights that he's talking about so i I, like i said i hope that that's just an issue of you know the corporate brass asked me to do this i'm gonna do it because they're the ones that you know oversee all of this but that really they're gonna just allow allow that to go to go on all right uh This I felt was very interesting, and I'm going to go to this story next. Uh, it, it, it's a story about Anthony Joshua, and guys, I got to tell you, it, it's looking at me like Anthony Joshua Joshua's about to take an L against Usyk. One of the things that I think is important in any aspect of life where you take an L is that you actually do a concerted, honest assessment of what happened And move forward accordingly. All right. Apparently. And this just came out recently, came out uh, today, actually. AJ's blaming the, the corner for his loss in the last fight. I mean, which is his right to do. But the way he's blaming the corner, I think is like, well, all over the place. So. According to boxing scene, and again, this is Ron Lewis this time reporting, AJ cites lack of communication in Usyk loss. Nobody told him he was losing, apparently. What? Anthony Joshua doesn't believe you can read too much into a face-off, but as well as a new haircut, there was one notable difference as he stood face-to-face with Alexander Usyk since their meeting last September. He's got a scar on his eye from me, Joshua said. I was thinking back. I cut up a few people's faces. Paul Blutton, Usyk. I split Pulib's lip. I just grazed Ruiz. He doesn't count because I mean properly smashing faces in. I like that stuff. When we first met in September, many were amazed that Joshua seemed to outbox or tried to outbox or so when they first met in September, many were amazed that Joshua seemed to try to outbox Usyk. After all, Usyk was a master Southpaw and Joshua's career had reached the heights it had on the back of his ability to knock people out. Yet, there he was at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium swapping jabs with the Ukrainian in Jeddah, Saudi Saudi Arabia on August the 20th. Look, I got to keep it real. Joshua has been allowed to box, especially post. Especially post Vladimir Klitschko to box and hold jab, right hand, hold, jab, right hand, hold. Uh, That's a kind of style that typically works against a smaller fighter. And he did it quite effectively against. Carlos Takam. Joseph Parker, and, of course, Andy Ruiz in the rematch. And also, let's be honest, the Pulev fight, which he just cited. Um, but essentially, Usyk didn't allow him to do that because Usyk would escape and also hit on the exit, oftentimes a combination punches. I, I, oftentimes, he'd also time him coming in so that he couldn't even engage in it uh, the way he had success in engaging with with that kind of boxing uh, against other people. But, you know, he was quoted here as saying one of my strengths was my power, but I always wanted to go down the path of being a clean boxer, hit and not get hit, especially if I want to have a long and successful career. You need to have a good defense, but I moved away from the ferocious side of boxing where I knew I could hit and stun people. And I do miss the days of slicing people's faces open and hurting them for sure. So I'm looking forward to getting back to that. In terms of Rob not being in a camp, it's cool, no problem. Boxing is boxing. I respect Robert Garcia and I respect Angel, but a different environment was needed at that time. I knew what I wanted to do. I wasn't forced. It was my own decision. From 2019, we brought in Joby Clayton and Angel On straight after, I wanted to grow. I had three options, change what I had completely, bring in new people and add to the team or keep what we have. Don't make any changes. At that stage in 2019, I said, let's just add to what we had. Now a completely change is the last part to the jigsaw. That's where we are now. There was a lot going on in the corner that I, that didn't help, AJ said. A corner is like a pit stop. You've got probably 55 seconds in total to calm down, hydrate, simple instructions. That's the way you should do it. Too many voices at once is definitely not good for anyone. I was being told things like double jab, right, left hook. It wasn't like, take the fight to this fucker. Listen, you're losing the fight. A trainer needs to tap into psychological aspect now because if you can overcome your mind, you can give more. I swear I thought I was winning. I thought I was looking like Muhammad Ali in there. What? At what point did AJ look like Muhammad Ali in that fight? He thought he was looking like Muhammad Ali in there? I I guess. I can show you sparring footage where I'm on the ropes leaning back. They tell you to train adversity, right? So put your hands down and let the motherfucker throw punches at you and you just sit, sit, sit. That's how you gain confidence. So in the fight, in the 12th, I'm doing this stuff. Throughout the fight, I thought I was winning, but at that stage, I kind of knew it was close. I thought at that stage... I was well in the fight because it didn't seem like there was any real communication as to where I'm like, you're losing this fight. You're down by two rounds. I didn't get it. I'm not blaming anyone by saying that, but I didn't get any impression that I was losing the fight. I thought I was well in it. That's why when they announced the name, I was kind of like, huh? So I was jabbing and jabbing. It was hard to accept afterwards, but now when I watch it back, I think he won by three rounds. That's probably from the ninth round onwards. Whoa. So, look. Anyone who's, who's been in the ring knows that generally when you're losing, you know you're losing, and when you're winning, you know you're winning. And I, I, I don't know if, if AJ's telling himself this, uh, but now he's complaining that he wasn't getting tactical adv- or that he was getting tactical advice in the corner, but that what he really needed was kind of a cheerleader in there, a flavor flave, a split star to Buster a church to Devin Haney you know a hype man to get him motivated maybe he needed like a Teddy Atlas guy, uh, type guy tell him about firemen and you know his his son is on the phone wanting to speak to him as Teddy did with Michael Moore but honestly tactical advice is what he needed in the corner during the first fight it, to me it wasn't an issue of lack of of a trainer providing motivation but if that's what he thinks that's what he thinks I just think that if he's thinking that he's all on the wrong page in terms of this rematch and what's needed as he moves forward with this fight against Dusik all right because the other thing too is anyone who's watching AJ fight and listen to what's going on in the corner have heard him say, hey, what shot did I get hit with? What? What what do I need to do? Like, what what should I throw? So for him now to say that, well, I didn't need that, what I actually needed was somebody telling me to mother, you know, I got to get the beat button on my soundboard. I I needed somebody to tell me to, 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 to take the mother beep out and just take it to this beep. not looking good as he as he heads into this rematch i'm just saying to me that that that's that that's not a good sign all right um in terms of his likeliness to kind of a uh win 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 the fight and i don't know maybe he's listening to guys like a guy he grew up kind of idolizing in Derek Chisora, because Derek Chisora, again, this is reported by Boxing Scene, Chisora believes Joshua must be willing to get knocked out to defeat Usyk in the rematch. So it just sounds like he thinks, and I'm talking about AJ, that really what's required here is that he kind of just go out guns blazing and take it to the smaller guy, and he wasn't getting that kind of encouragement in the corner to allow him to do that. Salute to you, Ronald. Enjoy your work. I, I hope I'm providing you with some, some nice, easy listening as you uh, take on the second half of a Thursday afternoon. All right, so... As Ness said, I'm seeing AJ on the back foot, got KO'd... Or sorry, you're seeing AJ on the back foot and getting KO'd in the eighth, in your opinion jesus says he thought he was cruising in uh, and his team agreed but he wants desperation motivation with instructions that's what it's sounding like right george h you're saying rob got criticized for aj fighting on the inside at the start of his career he needs to use his range be like blad and i'm getting the super sticker from my man ronald finkley salute to you brother all right, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, ding that notification bell. So you're told every time we go live for these editions of Check It Out. Cloud, show up on fire, man. Because we're gonna be doing this not just today, but we're gonna be doing it tomorrow. It's gonna be Check It Out, and uh, I'm gonna continue uh, for a couple more stories here. As uh, we go through. All right. So, uh, you know, so we go from one guy looking back on his fight to another guy uh, looking back on his fight. I would say with rose colored glasses and I'm talking about Caleb Plant. Whose last fight was against canelo alvarez saul canelo alvarez and what's interesting to me first of all is that since that fight and i'm talking about plant against alvarez canelo fought Bivol, and he's already got a fight agreed to date and everything press conferences completed to take on triple g in their trilogy fight in this time not only has Caleb Plant not fought anyone, but there has been zero indication that Caleb Plant is going to fight anyone. And he's been talking about guys like David Benavides, who actually had fights signed and ready to go and have fought. And even to his credit, a uh, uh, Jermall Charlo who was supposed to fight, but the fight fell through. Uh, and there's a bunch of theories as to why that happened. But the fact is, He hasn't fought, and it doesn't seem like he's making moves to fight, but he's still talking about his fight with Canelo. He says, I fought Canelo and was winning 6-4. I'm not ducking scared of anybody. This is in courtesy of boxing scenes, Manuk Akopia. All right, and he's saying, I'm not ducking anybody. I'm not dodging anybody. If I'm fighting Canelo, who has accomplished what he's accomplished, and I'm not scared of anybody, Plant said, on the good fight with Katie Abdo or Kate Abdo, getting the biggest name possible will let Boxing World know that I'm not here to play and take my name. I want to get right back to it. After I do that successfully, then it's to move into the biggest fight out there. Whether that's Canelo or Benavidez and clearing out the rest of the division, as soon as I get the next win, I'm going to be stepping right to them. There are the fights that I want, and these are the fights that boxing fans deserve. So I'm going to be pushing for these fights and making them happen. And when he's talking about his last fight with Canelo, he says, I feel like I was winning until I got clipped. I felt like I was winning six to four. They could have added 6-4, five, five. That's a close fight going into the 11th round, especially against someone with Canelo's experience. That's not something you can buy or train for. I had some other close people tell me it could have been 6-4 either way. Either way, going into the 12th, that's a razor-close fight. I got to say this about this one. Canelo was taking his time, yo. Canelo was taking his time. All right, so... Even if Canelo was down, he was touching, touching, touching Caleb's body, breaking him down, setting him up for exactly what happened. But here's my thing. You want to fight somebody? I got a name for you to fight. I got a name that boxing fans should want to see against Caleb Plant. And he goes by the name of David Morell Jr., Beat David Morel Jr. It's a secondary title, right? You say you want to clear out the division. Take that as your first step. All right, and then if you beat David Morel Jr., then, yeah, move on and take on the next step. But take on David Morel Jr. He needs an opponent. You need an opponent. Does anybody here want to see the guy that they're talking about facing? Andre Durrell, more than you'd like to see plant take on a david morell jr i'd like to see david morell jr they're both signed to the pbc morell jr's been making waves he's been filling out the armory in minneapolis his fights have been on free tv which by the way is what all fights were supposed to be on back when we all got excited about the pbc right so let's get that fight put it on fox sports Make it a main event. That's a big fight. Don't put it on pay-per-view. I don't want to see it on pay-per-view, but put it on a Fox Sports David Morel Jr. defending his WBA Reggie belt against Caleb Plant. Why not? Why not? So, pugilism, you say timing and positioning, I I agree. All right, uh, in that first fight. Team Batman, true, I was still confident Canelo was going to stop Plant. McTasty, Plant looked fragile against Canelo. And Team Batman, Plant isn't willing to fight. No morale. The risk-reward just isn't worth it for Plant. I would like to see it, though. Yeah, so would I. So would I. All right, and... uh, Team Batman, you also say, but Benavides versus Merle is also a fight I would really like to see. Say, Beavall better beef. I got to tell you, I, 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 I'm i favoring better beef in that fight. But I wouldn't be surprised if Beavall beat better beef. But I, I'm favoring better beef in that fight. Reason being, he can outbox you, he can hurt you. A boxer puncher is a very dangerous thing in the sport of boxing. He can do both, he can box and he can punch. He outboxed Joe Smith. Don't get it twisted. The first, I would say 90, nearly 90 seconds of the fight, right? He was outboxing Joe Smith Jr. And he lured him into a counter shot. And from then point, he got him hurt and he took over. All right. He outboxed Joe Smith, like really outboxed him. Uh, But yeah, Team Batman, I also agree. It's a great fight. 100% it's a great fight. And and, and it's a fight that I think any fight fan out there should want to see, really. right? It's a great fight. No doubt about it. All right? And uh, Bob Arum, uh, he he probably agrees with my uh, assessment. No surprise there. Because he thinks, according to boxing scene again, that Better Beeb may be the best ever at 175. He may be. I agree with that. He just needs to prove it. And becoming undisputed and beating Bivol will go a long way to proving that. But at the same time, Bob's also been pretty much against Better Beave facing Bivol. And citing the different promoters and networks as an impediment. So let's make that fight happen. Let's make that fight happen. I'd like to definitely see that fight happen, without a doubt. Without a doubt. All right. And um, later on, uh, I will likely be back, okay, to to talk uh, a few more things uh, about uh, what's going on in the boxing scene. All right. But the last story of the day, and I'm sorry to do this, guys, for all of you that don't like jake paul Uh, but i find jake paul entertaining much in the way that i find eddie hearn entertaining all right and believe it or not i think they're both great for boxing all right they're both providing a lot of financial opportunities for fighters and for a man this young to be doing what he's doing i think it should be applauded but a lot of people they hate on this guy and then, you know, it's a certain a certain uh, a demographic of boxing fan that doesn't like Jake Paul. Usually, you know, uh, a guy in his mid to late 30s or 40s. Probably doesn't like the fact that Jake Paul's doing something that he probably wished he had done when he was Jake Paul's age, but couldn't do because of lack of finances and. You know, looks back on his life and says to himself, yeah, you know, I had to work. I had to go to college. I wish I could have done what Jake Paul's done or is doing. And, you know, it's a kind of uh, it's a little bit of hate in the background of, of his mind because he sees Jake Paul is as, as doing something. You know, I mean, who wouldn't want to be knocking people out on Showtime in their in their mid 20s? All right, but you you get to your mid to late thirties, forties, and you look back and you're like, man, that that time has passed me by. I'm, I'm that that time's finished. But look at this guy living out my dream. So I'm just gonna hate on it. I'm just gonna hate on, on on Jake Paul. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hate on 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 Jake Paul because he's doing something and he had a silver spoon in his mouth and everything was handed to him. <laughs> Jake Paul is self-made. Everything Jake Paul is doing is shit that Jake Paul has done for himself. I give him credit for that. I give him a lot of credit for that. So, look, I was supposed to attend the press conference here in New York City. Okay, I was supposed to attend the press conference here in New York City on Monday. Sorry, on Wednesday. Monday was the Canelo press conference. Wednesday was supposed to be this. He flew out here. Tommy Fury couldn't show up. And uh, apparently it's because of the Kinahan connections and all of that, you know, Tyson hasn't been allowed into the country either, apparently. Uh, but Jake Paul's looking at it as a duck. And uh, he released a video of him running on the east side of Manhattan or along the East River. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that's what Jake Donovan is is reporting on, because it sounds like that's exactly where this quote is coming from. And here's what Jake Paul has to say. Update. We have spoken to Tommy Fury's lawyers. They're all advising him just to go to the embassy to get his visa. That's all he had to do, but Tommy is showing no urgency. He hasn't gone yet. He's not communicating with us on what he's doing. Is this another case of Tommy fumbles being scared to fight me? I think that's what it is. Stop ducking me. Stop wasting my time and let's make this fight happen. Um, we'll we'll see what happens. Personally, I don't see Tommy Fury ducking this fight at all. And I'll tell you why. He's never going to get another payday like this. Regardless of what happens in this fight, even if he wins, this is going to be the biggest payday of his career. All right. It's, it's, It's going to be the biggest payday of his career because Tommy Fury is not championship boxer material, I don't think and this is this is going to be the the crowning jewel of 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 his career and in terms of being on pay-per-view in a main event at Madison Square Garden seven figure payday this ain't happening again so i don't see any reason why he wouldn't want to make this fight happen and uh for that reason i think it likely is something beyond his control. And what I hear Johnny Gaffer salute to Johnny Gaffer saying is that the latest is that it's not to do with the Kinahan situation, but something else on Tommy's part. All right. Uh, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what, what else it would be. I mean, he was already allowed into United States before. Don't forget he fought. I think the guy's name is Anthony Davis, uh, on the Jake Paul undercard with Tyron Woodley number two. So it is what it is. Uh, I, I just think there's some kind of situation there, legal situation, and I'm not really buying the whole he's ducking talk. Of course, I could be wrong. You know, I'm just sitting here at my desk in, in the Bronx in my Esther studios. But from what I understand, my my reading of the situation, there's no reason for him to duck this fight there's no reason for him to duck this fight so uh thank you everyone bomba cloud shoot up on fireman I'll see all of you later all right uh pleasure pleasure to talk to sport of boxing with you and uh, like I said hit that like button hit the notification bell make sure you select all and uh, tune in again for another edition of check it out all right Appreciate it. You guys enjoy the rest of your day.